Well, uh, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Just a quick personal update uh, from us, first of all. As you may or may not know, uh, we both contracted COVID uh, over Christmas time, uh, which meant that uh, Caroline's uh, chemotherapy treatment had to be suspended for a few weeks. Um, but thankfully, we're through all that now uh, and her chemotherapy has restarted. We are believing God that the doctors are administering the right drugs and that God is healing Caroline's body. And we stand with others in our community who are facing very similar challenges. And we will come through this with stories to tell of God's goodness, his grace and his healing. Uh, we've also been continuing to work on our vision as a church and as a group of leaders and trustees. We've been taking this time to reflect on and look again at who we are and how God wants us to be now in this time of lockdown. And what we need to look at and do in order to emerge through this time post lockdown. Uh, we did make a very public declaration a couple of years back about the sort of church we want to be when we hit 2025, when we will have been functioning as a church for 50 years and Central Hall, uh, our building in the middle of the city, will have been open for 100 years. We talked about a strong, healthy, growing church, a multi-generational, culturally diverse, known as a place where people encountered Jesus on a regular basis. Uh, we stated in that visions document that we want to bless the city and see it flourish as everyone, every day, everywhere, serves their community, loves their neighbour and shares the good news about Jesus. So we're not adopting some new vision. Uh, we're simply adjusting some of the emphases and the strategies to help us achieve uh, those goals that we set uh, back then. The thing about vision is that it is less of a destination to be reached and more of the energy that propels us into our desired future. And as you head towards that vision, you often need to adjust and adapt to changing contexts, environments and disruptions that might have occurred. And we've never had a bigger disruption than this current global pandemic. Uh, we focused on the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, as we looked at the ancient monastic, what it means to be devoted and dependent on Christ, uh, what it means to be committed to lifelong learning and discipleship, how we serve and love our neighbours, and, and, and through all that, how we bring significant and lasting transformation uh, to our city. Uh, we've been feeding back on each of these areas over the past few weeks and we'll continue uh, to do that over the next week and the week after. <clears throat> but then we need to think about what sort of shape or structure will best help us achieve what we feel God uh, has called us to. Uh, I've talked about a church with a variety of expressions. Um, held together by common commitment, uh, common rhythms of worship and prayer, uh, common resources that we share together and pastoral support. Now, we haven't quite defined what that looks like. 
or, or the pace of change that will, uh, will, that will take place. There's still lots of uncertainty about the future and what will be possible and when it will be possible. So we'll continue to journey together to keep talking and keep open uh, to what the Lord wants for us. Okay, over recent weeks, we've begun to look at the Sermon on the Mount that we uh, read in Matthew chapter 5. This is all about the heart, the way of Jesus, the way the kingdom comes uh, about. And Phil looked at the Beatitudes in the first uh, couple of weeks. And last week, we looked at what it is to be salt and light in our communities. And then as we read through the sermon, Jesus gets to this point we're at today, which is like really practical. He gets down to the nitty gritty that all of us face every day. He tackles anger and lust and divorce and faithfulness in our promises and revenge and violence and hate. <clears throat> so I'd like to look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 21 to 26 uh, here today. So let me begin uh, with verse 20, actually. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus begins by, by stating, we have to move past religion, a list of do's and don'ts. We have to move beyond mere surface level behavior. The way we live needs to surpass that of religious people who try really hard to do the right thing. We need our hearts truly transformed by the love and the power of God, where the motivation and orientation of our heart is to love. That's how we surpass the righteousness of the religious. When we have allowed the Holy Spirit to work his transforming power deep in us. Verse 21 then. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka, is, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, leave the gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly <clears throat> with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Two things here I want to pick out in the teaching of Jesus. The first is the process of anger, and secondly, how we deal with it. Now, anger is an emotion, and there is good anger and there is bad anger. Good anger occurs when we see an injustice, an abuse, someone or something being taken 
for granted and we are enraged, we are angered. And as with all emotion, this anger energizes us to action. But there is the anger that Jesus is addressing here, the bad anger. There are two Greek words for anger. One describes the flare up or the anger response that happens to us when we are thwarted, our ego is wounded, or we see injustice. But the other word used and the word used here for anger means an anger that we allow to simmer in us, in which we stew, we hold on to it. It's being angry, staying angry, nursing a grudge. And here, here, here's the process that Jesus leads us through. We get angry with our brother or our sister. We allow it to fester, we stew in it. We've been offended, we've been thwarted, our ego has been wounded. We're not going to let it go. We want to be justified, to be seen to be right. We then move into contempt for our brother or our sister. We want them to be made wrong. We want revenge. We distance ourselves from them. Then our anger begins to find expression through our words and our insults. Raka, fool, or moron as the word is translated there. This is a slippery slope to judgment, to the fires of hell, Jesus says, or the fires of Gehenna. Now, I don't think Jesus in the sermon is talking about a future hell. I think he's talking about a very present reality. The Valley of Gehenna was a very real place. It was a rubbish tip. It was where dead animals were thrown and fires were lit to discard of the rubbish. It was symbolic. It was the opposite of shalom, of what heaven is like. It was hell. It was chaos. It smelt of death. And Jesus is saying, if you allow anger to stay in your heart, if you feed it, if you allow contempt for your brother or your sister to find a place there, if you start to use words to express that contempt, we're in danger of bringing hell to earth. The outcome, therefore, will be violent, domestic abuse, broken relationships, domination of the weak. It's Gehenna. So Jesus says, Deal with anger. And then he goes on to talk about how, how you deal with anger. The first thing is this. We take it seriously. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember your brother or your sister has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. So Jesus is teaching on a mountainside in Galilee, 80 miles from Jerusalem. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the crowd and I hear his teaching. If you are offering your gift at the altar. Now, the, I know this. There is only one altar and that's in Jerusalem. I've spent three days walking to that city with my gift, maybe <clears throat> a small goat. And I remember the things aren't right between me and a brother or a sister. So I need to leave the goat at the altar, get back home, 80 miles, three days walking, sort things out, and then return to Jerusalem, 80 miles, three days walking, and continue with my offering. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> this is serious and requires serious action. And the second thing we learn here is this. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taken you to court. 
do it while you're still together on your way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. The key word is this, do it quickly. Anger that is allowed to fester in you will imprison you. If ever our society needs to learn to follow the way of Jesus, it is today. Angry people committing mass shootings, terrorist attacks, anger on our streets turning to violence. The, the, the anger here around Brexit, the anger in America around Trump and Biden. Now, I'm not saying we lie down and become a doormat and and Jesus does offer some uh, helpful advice on creative, non-violent, responsive injustice later in his sermon. But our goal is to bring heaven to earth, to see shalom come. And anger, lust, hate, vengeance, unfaithfulness left unchecked will throw our world and the world into chaos. Where death, decay and destruction become the norm, not health healing or life so help us god to follow your way that we might be those who bring life and transformation to every area of our city that none of us would allow anger or lust or hatred to fester in our hearts overflowing through our words and causing hell to come to earth when we're seeking to bring your kingdom which is a kingdom of life love and peacefulness. And so Jesus is really serious about dealing with the issues of our hearts, understanding that these things happen, or they are our emotions that come into play, but we allow his transforming power to shape us, to mold us. So the orientation of our heart is love. And only then will our righteousness surpass that of the religious people. May God help us all as we seek to follow the way of Jesus and bring something of heaven to earth. God bless you.